0: You may be seated. Grace and joy, family! It's a great day, but it'll get better. uh, There's a quote by a guy named Herbert Spencer that I often quote and it says that there's a principle which is a bar against all information which is proof against all arguments which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And the reason I like that quote so much is because that was me. And I get to run into a lot of people like me, who uh, I know you drive around and you see them bumper stickers once in a while that says, not of this world. And I'd be following it, and i say, where's that fool from, Pluto or Saturn? Because I didn't know contempt prior to investigation. You see, not of this world. You see, and it wasn't much longer after that that I started living a different life where God lifted me up and put me on some solid ground. And I understood that I was in this world, but not of this world. I want you to keep that in mind as I speak tonight. You know, uh, if you brought your Bibles with you, uh, open them up to Genesis chapter 12. You know, I would like to uh, thank my pastor in his absence and say that pray for your pastor. I would like you to say hello to my beautiful bride. And we're going to go to verse 1. And that's the only verse we're going to use, because I'm not one of those preachers who can uh, uh, put things together. I'm an engineer. Uh, I like taking things apart. (laughs) (laughs) And it reads, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. I tagged this message when God called Abram to separate himself from the world. Not of this world. This is the beginning of God's chosen people, the Israelites. This man is the beginning of God's chosen people. The man that God will change his name to Abraham. The man chosen to become the father of God's people. The father of fate. God called Abram to a life of separation. It's a fact that He wanted him apart from everything else. God called to Abram was to do one of the most difficult jobs a man will ever have to face. God called to Abram was to change his life, to change everything in his life, to completely turn away from everything in this world and everything that he truly loved. You know, I heard that some years ago where somebody says, you only have to change one thing. Everything. See, and this is what God is telling Abram. I only want you to change one thing, which is everything. God called to Abram to leave his home and forever separate from his country. God called Abram to leave his home and forever separate himself from his relatives. God called Abram to leave his home and forever separate himself from his father's house, the family's possessions, and the family property. God called Abram to leave his home and forever separate himself from the love, from the care, from the support, from the security. And from the approval of the people he knew and held dear. Why would God call Abram to give up all the things that mean so much to a man? I'm glad you asked, Pastor Brown. I believe it is because Abram apparently had let the people and the world come between him and God. He was putting the love. He was putting security he was putting possessions. He was putting the approval of other people uh-huh. before God. All right. All right. How I know this? Uh-huh. Because this was God's second call to Abram. Okay. All right. He had not followed through with God's first call. Now listen to this. Abram and his family were now living in Haran. They had left Ur of the Shaldeen. Some years before when God first called Abram. The Bible tells us in Genesis 11, verses 31 and 32, about this first call. There's no question about God's first call at Ur. Scripture is very clear about this. In his great sermon, right before he was martyred, right before he died, Stephen declared God called Abram at Ur. Acts chapter 7, verse 2 and 3 says, And he said, Brethren and father, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. And he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. God himself reminded Abram of the first call. Genesis chapter 15, verse 7 says, Then he, the Lord, said to him, Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans yeah. to give you this land to inherit it. Yeah. Nehemiah referred yeah. to the first call. Yeah. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 7 says, You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Shaldeen, and gave him the name of Abraham. The second call is issued while Abram is in Haran. There's two things that point to this. First, the Hebrew text reads, and I was wondering why Dr. Zaj thought I needed Hebrew. (laughs) The Hebrew text reads, The Lord said to Abram, it do not say, had said, it said, the Lord said to Abram, The past perfect tense had said it's used by some translation could be an attempt to make this call the same as the call at Ur in an attempt to reconcile this passage with Acts 7-2. But the Hebrew text points strongly to two calls, the first being in Ur of the Chaldeans, and the second now being Isha in Haran. Second, the Hebrew word and- Or now, which is pronounced wah in Hebrew, is connecting and adding to the events of Abram's life in Ur. It's not repeating the event. A different experience in Abram's life is now being given. Uh Not an old experience recovered. The first call is not being explained. A second call is being issued. issued. My point here is that Abram did not go all the way with God. Not when God called him the first time. Abram started out following the promise of God. When he left Ur to begin his journey, but he stopped in Haran, far short of the promised land. Why? I'm glad you asked, Pastor Brown. You got a lot of questions tonight. I like you. Abram's reason for stopping Haran is not stated. All we know for sure is that God is calling him to a life of separation from the world. I got three points for you, and we're going to saddle up and go home. My first point is a call to separate from your country. My second point is a call to separate from your relatives. And my third point is a call to separate from your father's house. Point one, a call to separate from his country. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country. Abram was to leave and separate himself from his country. A man's country means a lot to him. A man's country means the land where he was born, lives, and holds citizenship. A man's country means the land of his own people and his own language. A man's country means the land of his culture and environment. A man's country means the land of his own society and his own community. A man's country means the land of his own government and laws. It's something he identifies himself with. A man's own country usually means the land of his own people, the people he look like, talk like, and act like. Abram was being called to leave his old country and separate forever from it. He was being called to separate himself from the people, culture, environment, behavior, and the language of his past. Why would God demand of Abram such a thing as separation? Because the people of his world had become false worshippers, us. The people of his world had become lawless. They had become ungodly. The people of his world had become wicked and immoral. The people of Abram's world were self-sufficient and humanistic, living only for the world and its pleasure and possessions. They had forsaken and denied the only living and true God. It was impossible. It was an impossible task for them to do, to live for God and for this world at the same time. Uh You should give it a shot. I did. You see where I'm at, huh? The ways of this world and its flesh, the ways of this world and its lust, the ways of this world and its pleasure, the ways of this world and its possessions, and the ways of this world and its greed did for these people just what the ways of the world always do, corrupt men. Consequently, God had no choice. God had to demand that Abram live a life separated from the worldliness of his country, Abram was being called to a new life, to start life all over again in a new country. Uh Here's food for thought. A life of separation from the world is not a heartless demand of God. Uh, Pastor Tate would call this application. It is simply the demand that we separate from the ungodly, Uh immoral, and covetous ways of this world. This world we live in is extremely wicked in the eyes of God. Therefore, this world we live in should be extremely wicked to all of us as well. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Point two, a call to separate from his relatives. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 says, now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family. Abram wants to separate from his relatives. Now, relatives mean parents, grandparents. Uh It means brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, Mm -hmm. uncles, you know, the whole work. Everybody that's related to that family by blood. Most people have a close bond with at least a few of these family members. At least a few of the relatives you have a real close bond with. There seem always to be some pain and emptiness when that bond is broken. Family and relatives in the ancient world provided love. They provided care. They provided acceptance. They provided support, responsibilities. They provided training and education. They provided security for one another. There was a lot that families did for each other in fact families did everything together you know I know you must have heard somebody talking about Sunday dinner you know families used to be families families used to actually sit at the table eat and talk to each other I'm just saying you know Families used to sit at table and fathers used to ask questions of kids like, what did you do in school today, Calvin? You know, who is that boy that you're hanging out with? And if you were at my house, a lot of time my dad's question was, who is that boy sitting at my table? (laughs) Because we had to drug somebody else home. And mama just fed them. So family was something of importance. Yeah, yeah. And here, God is telling this man, cast yours aside and walk away from them forever. Wow. There's got to be some pain somewheres. Yeah. This was not any different from, uh, for Abram and his family and close relatives. Right. Having to separate from everything and everybody is hard for any man to do. And it couldn't have been any different for Abram. But this is exactly what God demanded of him. But again, why? Why would God demand that man separate himself from his family and relatives? Because the people in Abram's days was living immoral and wicked lives. And the family had been heavily influenced by their neighbors. Abram's family had given itself over to the worldliness of their day. Abram's family had become idolaters. They had become false worshipers. Abram's family had become immoral. They had become ungodly. They had become covetous. They had become lawless and had become wicked. Abram's family had rejected the only living and true God. Worshipping the man-made religion of their day. This is the reason God called Abram to separate from his family and relatives. This is why God called Abram to turn from his old life and start a new life. A life that would be totally separated from the world and its pleasures, A life that would be totally separated from the world and its possessions. A life that would be totally separated to God. A life that would be totally committed to God. And a life that would diligently seek after God and his promises. Here's another little uh, food for thought here. <coughs> the life of separation from family and relatives is not a heartless demand of God. It is simply the demand that we be totally separated to God. That we put God first in our lives. Even before family, relatives, and friends. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 37 says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughters more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Point three, I told you I'm not going to be here long. A call to separate from his father's house. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 reads, And now, now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Yeah, yeah. Abram was to separate from his father's house. That is from the immediate family and the family holdings. Separate from the family's property. Separate from the family's possessions. Uh-huh. Separate from daddy's checkbook. Ouch. Ouch. Remember, Abram's father, Terah, had just died. Therefore, Abram was to inherit a part of the property and a part of the possessions of his father. Scripture does not say what the inheritance was, but the land and property of the household must have been great. Nonetheless, God demanded that Abram leave and separate from his father's household, separate himself from his father's property and possessions. Why would God not want Abram around his family, their property, and their possessions? Because the family had become heavily influenced and enslaved by the greed of this world. The lust of worldly possessions. The lust of worldly property. The lust of worldly comfort. Oh, one of my favorites. The lust of worldly power. You don't know who I am. The lust for worldly recognition. Influence. And the lust. For position and honor. Greed. The lust for more and more. Arouses the human heart and flesh. Abram and his family had apparently become slaves to possessions of the world. The lust for more and more. Their minds and hearts were given over to seeking the things of the world. And not the things of God. God had to demand that Abram break away from his family. That he be totally separated from those that had become slaves to greed uh-huh. for more and more. I think our pastor says your know, waters get out of control. Abram had to get away from the worldly influence of those who were already, always seeking after the ways of the world. Here's a little food for talk. The life of separation from one's house, from one's immediate family, and from the family possession is not a heartless demand of God. A man can oftentimes be ruined by the worldly influence and greed of family members. Worldliness and greed will destroy a man. Therefore, when God calls us to turn away from the worldliness and the greed of family members, it's not a heartless demand. It is simply to demand that we focus our mind and hearts first of all on God. Matthew 22, 37, 38. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. It is simply to demand that we put God first in our lives before family members, even before father and mother. Matthew 10, 37 says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. It is simply a demand that we seek God first. Seek him even before food, shelter, and clothing. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. It is simply to demand that we focus our attention and affection on things above, lasting things, not on things of the earth, things that are temporary. Yeah. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. It is simply to demand that we not trust in uncertainty of riches, but in the living God. First Timothy chapter 6 Verse 17 says, command those who are rich in his presence, in this presence, age not to be hearty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things in joy." It is simply the demand that we exchange the riches of this world for the treasures of heaven. Mark chapter 10, verse 21, 22 says, then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you like. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Here's another little food for thought, another side note of some significance. The Hebrew actually reads, leave for yourself. God was calling Abram to leave and get away from his old life for himself. That is, for his own good and his own welfare. Abram would reap enormous results if he separated himself from the ungodly of this world. It was for his welfare, his profit, his gain, and his advantage that God was demanding A life of separation from the ungodly of the world, and you can be sure it is the same for every one of us. Uh Jude, verse 21 says, Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of your Lord Jesus Christ (laughs) unto eternal life. Keep yourself in the love of God, and you will feel love. Keep yourself in the love of God, and you will have joy. Keep yourself in the love of God. And you will have happiness. You know, this is not a fake thing. People always walking up to me asking me, what is so great about today? Why are you so happy? Didn't you just hear what happened? Yes, I did. No, I don't care. Okay, God loves me in spite of who I am, in spite of the way I behave, in spite of the things I say I do, in spite of me, God is still on the throne. Why am I so happy? I'll tell you a little story. One Friday morning, on a hill called Calvary, they marched my Jesus up a dusty road. They nailed him to the tree. They hung him between two thieves. That's what they did with my Jesus. They took a crown of thorns and pressed it down on his head. They took a sword and stabbed him in the side. They pierced his side, and the blood came running down on that tree. My Jesus, my Jesus, gave up the ghost. But that's not how the story ends. A nice man named Joseph came and asked for the body, took him down, and he was waiting on the Lord, so he put, he put him in his tomb. He put him in his own tomb. But early Sunday morning, the two Marys, Dr. Luke tell us, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, got their little anointing basket together and they went down to the tomb. And when they got there, they found the stone was rolled away. When they looked inside, the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. There was nothing there. He was gone. The tomb was empty. God bless you. Amen.